We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you. Because by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. That's right, because by your holy cross, you've redeemed the world. Do you know what a settle is? I didn't until this week. A settle. We've seen them before. Not uncommon in North Country homes. They're those wooden benches, kind of like a pew, but with a, a high back. Normally it has raised arms and then a storage space underneath. I've been in a number of homes that have them near the door because they're ideal for us uh, folks on wintry days. A great spot to sit down, take off your boots, and then store the hat and mittens under the seat. The name Settle has both Latin and German roots for their words for seat. So, Our verb, to settle, comes from the same, a seat. It makes sense, doesn't it? After all the beautiful work we had done in the the chapel, though sadly still missing our beautiful statues, but when the floors were done, the walls were painted, we this week moved the altar back. We moved the ambo, the pews are back in, but we're still settling in. Right? We're still getting things seated the way they need to be. Too far this way, there's not enough room to walk on the side. Too much space here, there's too much space between the pews. Not enough room there, and the priest kicks the wall when he's genuflecting at the altar. We need to be settled. Those college students, when you moved into your dorm room, your parents asked, have you settled yet? Basically, can you make it from your bed to the door in the dark without tripping over something? Uh, when you've moved into your home, we, we settle in. We seat ourselves there. Or sometimes, to use it in a less positive way, we settle for less. That's when we don't go the extra mile, when we don't leave our comfort zone, when we don't give it the old college try. We settle. We, we sit in mediocrity. Abram, we hear in the first reading from the book of Genesis, soon to be Abraham, our father in the faith. He does the former, not the latter. He doesn't settle for the land of his father, but instead eventually settles in the promised land, in Canaan. In the verses just preceding this passage that we just heard, Abram's father, we hear, was Terah. And Terah was heading to the promised land, heading to Canaan, but he stopped. He settled for something less. The land where he settled was Haran. And Abram, he kept going. Now, some cynics would say that that Terah just wimped out. He he just stopped. But the, the pious souls will say, well, no, that was a call that was specific to Abram. Whatever the case, Abram, in what we hear today in our first reading, receives this call to go, to go do something great, and not to settle until he gets to where the Lord has planned for him. How about us? Are we going? How is our Lenten disciplines, our, our Lenten plans, what are we, we're doing, are, are we continuing to go the extra mile? 
or have we settled into something a little bit more comfortable? Hmm. Good time to ponder such things. And then the gospel. The transfiguration that we hear each and every second Sunday of Lent. Last year was Luke, next year will be Mark, but this year we get to hear Matthew's telling of Jesus with Peter, James, and John going up the mountain, showing them his glory. He's the fulfillment of the law and the prophets with Moses and Elijah. Clearly an amazing sign as those three apostles bury their face in the ground, so in awe of the divine presence. And then, what happens? To hear Peter tell it, they're tempted to settle there. Lord, it is good that we are here. Right. Let's stay. Let's build three tents, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. But of course, no one is meant to to live on the summit of any mountain. They go down. They have more to do. Side note, it's Peter, James, and John. Why those three? They're the same that we here are invited into the room when Jesus raises Jairus' daughter. They're the same three that will be so close to Jesus in his agony in the garden. John is featured in our bulletin today as we continue our series through, through rediscovering the saints. Why those three? St. Thomas Aquinas asked it a few hundred years ago. This was the answer he, he proposed. It had to be those three. For Peter loved Jesus the most. We hear that in John's telling of the gospel. Peter, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Peter had to be there. John had to be there because Jesus loved him the most. He was known as the the beloved disciple. He was the one who was always tried to stay close to the Lord, yes, at the cross, yes, at the Last Supper, resting his head upon the breast of the Lord, staying close to his sacred heart. And James had to be there because he was the first to show his love by dying a martyr's death. Love. Love is why it had to be those three. And the same reason why it is that we have to be here in this good place today. For it is love that draws us for more, draws us this day, draws us through the week, each of us in our unique way, into his love and into love for one another. Those words that we hear from the voice of the Father there on the mountaintop, this is my beloved Son, those are words he had, yes, for Jesus in a most particular way, by grace. By Jesus' very nature, he was Son of the Father. But by adoption, through the waters of baptism, each of us gets to live in that grace. This is my beloved son, my beloved daughter. How do we live that out? Hmm. Back to that bench. The bench has three qualities. It has a high back, it has raised arms, and it has storage underneath. The settle is the cross, the one by which he has redeemed the world. 
back raised up, arms lifted high, and the storage underneath, it's not for mittens and hats. It is the space where we abide, where he invites us to rest. Yes, carrying our own crosses day in and day out, but resting in that love, settling in that love that he has for his children, his beloved sons and daughters. May we never settle for less.